In uncertain days, it is important to remember that our world is getting ready to meet God. We are all getting ready to meet Him. The King is coming. Today, we join Scott Pauley in walking through the final book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ. What is your work today? What are you going to give yourself to? Your, your energy, your time? Uh, what's the thing on your checklist? You say, I've got to get this done. Well, I'm going to remind you today that our greatest work is spiritual work. It is the work that doesn't just last for time. It continues into eternity. It's the work, if I might say it this way, that is connected to God's work. Uh, we're in Revelation 22, this last chapter of the Bible, and we have observed now the first occasion, and now the second occasion where our Lord says, Behold, I come quickly. And we're, we're learning from this passage some things that in light of His soon return, we should give attention to. We, we know we should give more attention to our worship. Are you a worshiper? Are you a true worshiper today? Have you worshiped God? And then we learned we should give more attention to His Word, getting in the Word and getting out the Word to other people. But today I want to say to you, we need to give more attention to our work Listen to the verse again. Revelation 22, verse 12. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I ask you again, what is your work? And we know that our God's work, uh, His redemptive work, is complete. Aren't you glad? On the cross He cried, It is finished. So, His work is finished. It's perfect. It's unchanging. His work in us and through us goes on. It continues in this world at this moment. And we've been called on to find our place in His program, to do our part in His work. So I ask you again, what is your work? How have you connected your work, your agenda, your goals, your priorities, your effort today to what He is doing in this world and what is going to last forever? How tragic it would be someday when our Lord comes with His reward to have no reward because we live for this world only. We live for the wrong world. David Livingston, the famed missionary explorer, he had a brother named John who was a very successful lawyer and a very wealthy man. And when he came to the end of his life, they asked him, how would you like to be remembered? He said, I'd like to be remembered as David Livingston's brother. <laughs> Why is that? Because he was understanding the nearer he got to the end that the only thing that really mattered was what lasted for eternity. Livingston also had a close friend, a boyhood friend, uh, that determined that he was not going to serve the Lord. He was going to live for himself and make as much money as he possibly could. He made that the, the goal, the aim of his life, and he succeeded. And on the day that Livingston's body was brought back to England to be buried at Westminster Abbey, uh, they lined the streets to pay respects to a, a great and godly man. And they said as the casket passed a certain block where his boyhood friend's shop was, that that friend, who is now an old man, was heard to say to those who were standing by, Dear God, I have lived my life for the wrong world. Is it possible that we're working hard for the wrong things? You see, in the passage here, there's an emphasis on our work. Now we understand, we understand that we don't work for salvation. 
Paul said, not by works of righteousness, which we've done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. In other words, the work of salvation is all His work. But out of our salvation we work. We have been bought with a price. We've been saved unto good works. James says that true faith will produce good works. In other words, it ought to make a difference in the way we live our life every day. And I ask again, what are your works? You might ask this, is there anything on the negative side that you need to stop doing? And is there anything on the positive side that you need to start doing? See, if you back up to the previous verse, listen to verse 11. It says, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Do you see a great division here? The first two are all negative. They are unjust. They are filthy. The last two are good things, righteous and holy. It makes us examine our lives and discern, are there things that need to change? Is there anything in my life that needs to get out? And is there anything that's not in my life that needs to be put in? In fact, the word still here is an interesting word. Listen to the verse again, verse 11. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He which is filthy, let him be filthy still. Somebody said, wait a minute, I thought God wanted unjust men to be made just and filthy men to be made clean. Oh, He does. Read on. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. Four times He uses the word still. Do you know what the, the verse is teaching? It's teaching that there will come a day that time will be no more. And when that day comes, when eternity arrives, things will not change. In other words, there's a great threshold. There's coming a moment when whatever you are is what you are. And whatever you've done is what you've done. And it cannot be changed. In other words, we have this moment and we must not miss it. We have this opportunity. We must not let it pass us by. I ask again, is there anything God's prompting you about today? Years ago, when I was just a child, my dad preached a message. The title of the message I still remember, it was called 12 Hours to Live. And it was from, of course, the story of the man that said, I'm going to pull down my barns and build greater. I'm going to do this tomorrow. This is what I'm going to do with my future. And God said, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. And dad posed the question, what if you only had 12 hours to live? What would you do with those 12 hours? I still remember that service. I remember people coming forward, repenting of sin, getting right with people, folks making restitution for things done wrong. Why? They were living now in light of eternity. Robert Murray McShane said to ministers, he said, when you preach, always preach for eternity. Can I say to you who are listening today, live for eternity. Ask God to stamp eternity on your soul. Lord, what should I do now? What should I do at this moment while I still can? Lelia Morris was the owner of a hat shop in Ohio long ago. At 52 years of age, she went completely blind. She was quite a musician, and her family built her a 25-foot-long blackboard. That's quite a blackboard, isn't it? And they gave her lots of chalk, and they said, Mother, we want you to keep writing your music, writing your songs. She wrote over a thousand hymns. One of the hymns that Lelia Morris wrote was this hymn, Jesus is coming to earth again. What if it were today? Coming in power and love to reign, what if it were today? 
Might I take her, her song title and ask you that question? What if it were today, friend? What if today the Lord came? What if today this was all over? What if today you knew you were going to see Jesus, that you had 12 hours to live? What would you do with your 12 hours? What if you knew that any moment you were going to give an account to God for your life's work? What would you want to do? How would you want to work this day? I ask again the same question I asked at the beginning of our study today. What is your work? And maybe the better question is, what should be your work? Friend, there's coming a day we'll have no more opportunity to serve, no more opportunity uh, to seek the lost, no more opportunity to see people saved. Whatever we're going to do, we better do it now. That's why he hasn't come yet. 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says, God's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If that's God's heart, that should be our heart. And I say to you, in light of the fact that Jesus is coming quickly, shortly, we should give more attention today to our worship, to His Word, and to the wonderful work of God. The purpose of all Scripture is to see God. In Revelation, the curtain is pulled back and we are reminded not to simply look at world events, but to look to Christ. We hope you will join us next time as Scott Pauley continues our study through this amazing book of the Bible. You may also join us right now for additional studies and a library of helpful resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will find several new features at our online home, and we trust they will be a blessing to you as you walk with God. Plan to visit us each day at enjoyingthejourney.org, and we look forward to returning to Revelation on our next broadcast. Keep your eyes on Christ and look up. The King is coming.